This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning. Yeah. Routines is very much appreciated. So I hope you had a good start to your weeks. We're halfway through. It's Wednesday. It means you've got today, tomorrow and then it's the weekend because Friday, is, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's a weekend day, you know, because everyone's in the kind of mood on a Friday. It's just end of the week. It's chill. We've got football at the weekend. Well, most teams do. We don't. So we got to wait all the way through till Monday, uh, unfortunately, for our game against Crystal Palace. But does mean, I suppose, you get the whole weekend without Arsenal ruining it. <laughs> Not that they would. But, you know, it's just one of those. So I've got, especially got to take the positives of these things. Uh, good morning, uh, everybody in the chat box. Thank you so much, as always, for joining us. It is, as always, appreciated. Uh, Morgie, good morning to you, to Jacob, uh, to Gula Jake, good morning to Mr. E, to Amira, Blackshine, James, Jose, Olawale, Mr. E, we've already said hello to, Martin, uh, Sean Lee, Stephen, uh, Morgie, Steve, Johnny, uh, Alan, Josh, who's been a member now for five months, fantastic stuff, and Jason uh, as well, Trevor, and plenty more, Alan. Grantly Poos as well in the chat box as well. Uh, plenty of you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Simon Reed for the first time live. Welcome. Thank you for interacting. It means plenty. Addicted92 says, I'm here live from the beginning for once. Woohoo. Uh, hello, everyone. Hope you're well indeed. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, it is appreciated. Drop a like, subscribe, all of that lovely, fun stuff. Right then, let's crack on with today's story, shall we? We start. With Matteo Genduzzi, believe it or not, Genduzzi costing Marseille a place in the Champions League after an Abamian double looked as though it had secured their kind of pathway through to the knockout stages of the competition. Playing against Panathinaikos, 2 0 up on the night after a 1 0 defeat in the first leg, Abamian scoring. Two very good goals, to be fair. And it'd be interesting to see how Aubameyang uh, is, is kind of is at Marseille and how he gets on at Marseille this season. 
But uh, Genduzi in the, I think it was the 100th minute with several added minutes of injury time, uh, handballing the ball and uh, giving away a penalty in which it then led to them scoring. And of course, then also uh, going through extra time until penalties where he then missed his penalty to give Panathinaikos the opportunity to score and win and knock uh, Marseille out of the competition and did. It's certainly one worth watching the highlights for. Contain plenty of Arsenal-related themes, both good and bad. Uh, make sure you go and check it out. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is going to be out for the foreseeable future until potentially, should he undergo surgery, until 2024 with what is described as a serious injury. It's a hamstring problem that took him out of their game against Burnley. And there are discussions going on about whether or not uh, Kevin De Bruyne is having to undergo surgery. Uh, it kind of creates this, I suppose it creates this situation whereby we find ourselves debating whether De Bruyne is a bigger loss to City compared to what, you know, Timber is to Arsenal. It's very close. And I think actually for me, that's what tells you how important Yuri and Timber has been this entire time. But both teams will be without key players for the foreseeable future due to injury. Arsenal will play Manchester City at the start of October and neither side will have that. Now, Man City are looking at trying to bring in uh, Lucas Paquetá from um, from West Ham. Just sold your star <laughs> once again. <laughs> and uh, I think that Paquetá doesn't necessarily give you the same level of performance or quality that De Bruyne does, but he's a very good player still, it's fair to say. £80 million could be what it will take to do it. Will Arsenal replace Timber? I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Arsenal have, though, brought in and announced the signing of David Raya. Uh, David Raya joined the club, of course, as we know, on a season-long loan deal with an option to buy. It was revealed on the Brentford website, um, rather interestingly, uh, because you know they want to provide clarity to their, their fans. Arsenal are a lot more cryptic in, in how we do things. But Brentford revealing that this is a deal that's designed to effectively give a situation whereby it will be permanent or made permanent as quickly as feasibly possible. But um, at the moment, it's a deal which could still see him return to Brentford if indeed Arsenal decide not to make this a permanent deal. But the loan is still a, a miraculous piece of, of brilliance, if you like, by um, by Arsenal. And uh, still, certainly, Edu should be praised for this move because it is incredibly uh, astute piece of business by the club. Now, interestingly, as we often see here and there, little clues, hints as to what's going on behind the scenes at Arsenal with some of the players that could leave the club. Both following Balogun and Albert Zambi-Lakonga pictured here, taking part in training alongside Alexander Zinchenko, who, of course, is now very, very close to returning to full fitness with uh, the team and will hopefully be involved in some capacity in the coming games. But Balogun's involvement, Lukonga's involvement, uh, what this means for their future, we don't know. It can mean plenty of different things. But Balogun, of course, is subject to interest from Monaco. We've turned one bid already down for the US men's national team uh, striker. Uh, Lukonga's talks with Burnley seem to have broken down in the last week or so. And so, at least for the moment, it looks like Lukonga may be staying with Arsenal. Uh, how many minutes he ends up getting is another thing, but you can imagine that he might take part in some of the cup games or 
uh, Carabao Cup matches and FA Cup matches if he's still here for those. But it's very difficult to see where Lukonga is going to fit in right now. He does have, um, you know, still, I think, three years or three seasons remaining on his current Arsenal contract. So there isn't a lot of pressure on the Lukonga situation. But Balogun's involvement is interesting. Um, and it's not interesting in the sense that he's just not going to train. He is training, but uh, looking and smiling and still waiting to find out what will happen with him in the near future. But Zinchenko is the big piece of that news, I think, and certainly close to returning as well. Arsenal and Newcastle are in contact over a deal for Kieran Tierney. Sky Sports reporting this yesterday. Newcastle said that supposedly their focus is on trying to sort out a, a loan uh, for the player, whereas uh, Kieran Tierney, um, obviously, I think at Arsenal as well, would prefer a permanent move. Whether or not the two clubs come to any kind of agreement between now and the end of the window remains to be seen. Um, but we're hoping that Arsenal can secure a significant amount of money for Tierney if they do let him go. I know a lot of fans want to see him stay. We've talked about this at length before. But even Yuri and Timber's injury is not affecting whether or not uh, Kieran Tierney will or not leave the club. It seems to have no impact at all on Kieran Tierney's future. So Tierney's still expected to leave the club before the window closes. And finally, according to Fabrizio Romano, last contact between Mohamed Kudus and Arsenal was made in late July. Uh, the Italian journalist suggesting that, who knows, maybe we'll see contact made between Arsenal and the player again. We know that West Ham are now recently interested. We know that despite Brighton agreeing a fee with Ajax initially, that that deal has kind of cooled somewhat also. So we're still awaiting uh, kind of final confirmation, if you like, on uh, the potential to see if Arsenal will return for Mohamed Kudus and whether West Ham will be successful in their own moves for the player. But any price tag that needs to be agreed with Ajax will have to be higher than the €40 million Euros that Brighton initially agreed with Ajax because, as Sven Mislintat says, the closer you get toward the end of the window, the higher the price tag goes. So if Arsenal want to move for the player... They're going to have to move quickly. But it was said that there was contact made between Arsenal and the player as recently as late July. So let's see if Arsenal revive that interest. I, for one, hope that they do. But I think that we can agree that there may be some priorities looking at defensive area. We talked yesterday about Joao Cancelo, uh, Emmerich Laporte being potential targets. I did a piece yesterday looking at two other options, Mohamed Simakan and Benjamin Henricks, who have been linked to the club this summer, earlier on in the window before we signed Timber. Could we look at going in for either of the RB Leipzig defenders? Maybe. We'll have to wait and see. Right then, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat book, shall we, and see what questions we've got being thrown up. Uh, Lynn says, how likely could it be for Arteta to go after Cancelo or Laporte or both to replace Timber knowing City doesn't want um, Cancelo at the club? I think that there's always you know, a chance that Arsenal might go back in for Laporte uh, or, or Cancelo. The problem that Arsenal have is that there is certainly a reluctance, at least on Manchester City's side, to do a deal. I don't think that Arsenal, uh, or rather, I don't think that City are too keen on helping Arsenal out with deals because obviously they saw Zinchenko and Jesus's arrivals turn them into title challengers last year and Arsenal are looking to build upon that. So, yeah, very difficult to see Arsenal and City come into an agreement for something that would be a reasonable figure for either player, it seems. But who knows? We'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Cody says, if we don't sell anyone, is there a chance that we rebid for Kudus? We haven't bid initially, so there's no rebid. Um, but who knows? Maybe we'll uh, open talks again and, and kind of revitalize those talks. I don't see it happening unless we sell Tini and Balogun. Says Cody. Uh, I think is I think that Balogun's future could potentially be tied to an incoming. Of course, it's all about spots in the squad. Um, yes, Balogun counts as homegrown, but it's also about spots in the group, and you don't really want to, you know, fill a spot up that's already filled currently by one other. If Balogun ends up staying this summer, which you know is still a small possibility that that happens, he is a player that can be used, you know, in competitions. Could be used in the Europa League, not Europa League. Wow, flashback. Could be used in the Champions League. Could be used in the cup competitions to keep his fitness up, keep his competitive levels up, and maybe even fight for a place in the Arsenal squad. Everyone's got to be given opportunities, of course. Um, but I do somehow, and well, not even somehow, but I think it's pretty clear that Balogun's future may be tied to us signing a forward player this summer. Uh, Lars says, hi, Tom. Any idea about who City will bring in? They look weaker. Uh, yeah, it seems that Lucas Pakitar is the one uh, that it will be. Uh, so let's wait and see if that ends up happening. Uh, Kirill says, uh, no, not holding, uh, starting rather at uh, centre-back. <laughs> I know Kirill's not a big fan, it seems, of, uh, well, at least using Rob Holding. I know a lot of fans do not want to see, uh, ultimately don't want to see Arsenal have to get into a position whereby Holding is is being a, a starting option for Arsenal again. I guess we'll have to wait and see if that ends up being the case. Uh, Christopher says, Tom, what did you think about Micah Richards' comments about Arsenal being basically out of the title race after Jesus' injury, considering he's only out for a few weeks? Is it a bit short, uh, short-sighted? Um, maybe so. Um, maybe Micah's trying to rule us out, you know, just get a little bit of a, uh, a full sense of security going for his colleagues at Sky like Gary Neville. Gary Neville, of course, tipping Arsenal potentially as, as title challengers himself. Uh, but maybe it's a bit short-sighted because I do think that we can, for at least a short period of time, get plenty of points. And, you know, we we still managed to pick up plenty of points without Jesus. And actually, our title challenge collapsed when Jesus came back, ironically, rather than uh, when he was unavailable. So I don't think that necessarily that is the case, if that's what Micah believes. Um, let's go to Richard says, any chance of Mitama coming to Arsenal? I very, very highly doubt it. Uh, Marcus says, holding to Villa, have you any news on that? No, not really. I think that's been suggested too heavily um, at all. Uh, I think that maybe he's linked to Unai Emery, um, but I think there were kind of suggestions that maybe he'd been inquired about by Villa and Arsenal want a, a sizable fee, but no, nothing on, on that at all at the moment. 
Um, Ian says City will get Goku. Isn't that someone from Dragon Ball Z? I'm pretty sure it's Doku, isn't it? I think it's Doku. Jeremy Doku, I think Ian means. Uh, he's being linked with a move to uh, to Man City, yes. But West Ham, uh, there's been reports yesterday, may try and hijack that deal if successfully, if they can do that. So let's watch this space on that one. Uh, Avanash says, with Chelsea now committed to expose the futility of FFP, is football now just a money buys success story? Um, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I think that it has been explained uh, on a number of platforms why Chelsea so far are not actually breaking FFP. Uh, the number of sales they'd made in this season uh, and this summer in particular has offset the amortization of deals that they're making over the next five years and in some case over the next seven years regarding players like Mudrik and, and, and Kunku, I think, etc. But players that were signed this season, of course, or announced this season, I'm not sure if Kunku counts in that because, of course, it was agreed before this summer. But players that were signed this summer will see their deals amortized over the next five years. Players that were signed prior to this, that were signed on eight-year contracts, will see their deals amortized over eight years until the loophole was closed. But now, because they sold so many players, they are actually offsetting that amortization. However, they're not going to be able to make 250-odd million quid. You would think, you know, never rule that out. They've brought in so many young players that maybe they'll be making profits on those players in the coming seasons. Um, they're very good at selling our Chelsea in some ways, making big money for certain players. But uh, they are, at the moment, not breaking FFP. Uh, that is the rule at the moment, but uh, maybe that will change. Uh, Byron says, Tom, are there any youth prospects that could come in at fullback? We are not using Tavares or Tierney. I think we are close to our FFP limit to buy. Uh, Rule Waters and Lino Souza uh, are certainly two players that we should be looking to as potential ones for the future. Very exciting players. So let's wait and see. Uh, P Sharps is losing timber is massive, a massive blow for any length of time as he looked incredible. But let's keep fingers crossed it's not as bad as speculation suggests. Sadly, P Sharp, I, I think that it probably is. Of course, we are waiting for confirmation, but reliable reports in the Netherlands who are close to the players' camp via Mark Vivak uh, are suggesting that uh, it is an ACL, which is, is not good. James Benj saying yesterday that he expects it to be around at least seven months and that he'd be surprised if we even see him again this season so very difficult very difficult to see him coming back and I think that if Arsenal are smart they would go out and sign somebody now uh, Eddie says morning Tom I still think Arsenal are short a Giroud-esque player from dominating the league what do you think I don't think there is a Giroud-esque player for Arsenal really to go and get that's worth the investment I think Kai Havertz offers us some verticality and height up top if we want to put some balls into the box you've got Kai Havertz in there to add some height in there but I just don't think there is a Giroud type player that Arsenal um, have got. And bear in mind that Man City dominated the Premier League for many years prior to the arrival of Erling Haaland without, you know, a tall striker. So you don't necessarily need a tall striker to be able to do that. Uh, MM says, we need a centre-back slash full-back in place of Timber. I agree. Uh, Mark says, do you think we will sign a Kudus replacement and a Saka competitor? If we don't sign Kudus, are we going to get an alternative? I hope so. Do I think so? My expectations over a forward signing have dipped in relation to the Uri and Timber situation. And of course, with how our sales are continuing to, to, to go on still at this, <laughs> this kind of phase, uh, we're still waiting to get some confirmation about exits. And whilst Balogun is here, I don't think that cog is going to turn, if you like, uh, until we see that deal happen. So let's wait and see. Um, but hopefully we see another couple of signings come in in the defensive and forward 
line. Um, let's go to Daniel says, I'd go for Mark Gehi and then full-time convert Ben White to a right-back. It's potentially an option that we could have. Fuad says, if Arsenal don't do anything from now until the window with no defender coming in and Timber out, how do you see the season going realistically? Also, let's go Lionesses. Yes, indeed. Hoping to get to uh, past Australia. I can't stand Sam Kerr, so I'm really hoping <laughs> that England can uh, get a win over Australia today. Fingers crossed. Um, in terms of the, how do I see the season going if we don't bring any other players in? It's a risk. You know, we still we've strengthened with Declan Rice and Kai Havertz and David Rea, but I do think that we need that defender in. I don't think that Tommy Asu or Saliba are yet back at full fitness entirely, and there's always the risk that they could be injured again. So it has affected, sadly, the state of the window, but it also is a bit dependent upon what Arsenal can do regarding financial fair play. For those people that are worrying, well, how can Chelsea spend all this money? And yet Arsenal are the ones having spent a lot less as to why we can't spend as much because of FFP. Arsenal have not sold anywhere near as many players for the amount of money that Chelsea have sold players for in the last fair few seasons. That is the reason behind why there are FFP associations with us and restrictions why there isn't with Chelsea. Um, next, it says, Tom Volland has been sold from Monaco, so let's see what happens. Should we go on for Neto if Kudus doesn't happen? Neto looked good for Wolves against Manchester United. He has been linked with Arsenal in the past, of course, as we know. Will Arsenal revive interest in Neto? Who knows? Uh, I certainly haven't heard anything to suggest that we have yet, but uh, he has been a player that Arsenal have liked in the past. Maybe we'll go in for him in the near future, but there is those big injury concerns with Neto. Um that still very much exist. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, with an injury uh, injury like Arsenal have just got with Timber, would you feel that we should be able to go to the market without being hit by FFP because it's like an insurance injuries happen? No, sadly not. Um, there wouldn't have been expectation that Timber would have got such a significant injury. So they wouldn't, I don't think, have uh, planned for that, uh, which is really, really frustrating. Um Seb says it's 3.15 a.m. in New York. Uh, so apologies if you have covered this topic already. No problem, Seb. What are the chances of Tierney covering for Timber? Is it impossible for him to cover? It's not impossible for him to cover. Right back it is. Um, but a left back it's not. But he doesn't play the same style. And I do expect him still to move on this summer. I don't think the Timber injury has changed the situation with, uh, with, with Kieran Tierney, which I know is... Uh, not what a lot of people want to hear because they really like Kieran Tinney, would like him to stay, but it doesn't seem like that is going to be the case. Uh, Baldez says, would you have spent the $210 million differently? Um, I mean, it's really easy to say with the benefit of hindsight uh, that I would have spent it differently, knowing that Timber was now injured. But to be honest, no. I know a lot of people say that we should have spent that $65 million on Havertz elsewhere. I'm really excited to see what Havertz can bring to the team and when he gets going and firing and he gets his confidence up and he's fully transitioned to the team. I look forward to seeing what he did. We needed to bring an attacking player, and we've done that, who can also be versatile enough to play at centre-forward if we need him to. We needed to bring in Declan Rice. That was absolutely a necessity. A necessity. We had to bring in uh, a defender, and we did that in Timber, and it just sucks that we've now lost him, and hopefully Arsenal can bring in another one before the window closes. They're bringing in David Ryer adds real competition to an area that so many fans I saw saying still weren't convinced necessarily by Ramsdale, even though I was, um, but still felt that we need competition there, and we've got that in. So, no, I don't think I would spend it all that differently, but it is easy to say that with the benefit of hindsight that we would now. Um, but no, I, I'm not too different, to be honest. I think the profiles of players that we signed, the positions that we signed in, all positions and profiles that we needed to add 
in this window. Uh, Maximir says, hi, Tom. Considering that UEFA brought the restrictions on amortization thanks to Chelsea misusing it, why was the FA so late? I think it was more the Premier League than the FA, is it not? I, I think it's more the Premier League. I might be wrong. Shouldn't the FA have shown more intention to level the playing field? Maybe. Maybe they should have been quicker, arguably. Maybe we should have fallen in line with UEFA in trying to close um, those gaps because it's it sadly had a bit of an impact on the ability of Chelsea to do what they're doing. That said, you can't really have a go at Chelsea for what they're doing in some ways because they are abiding by the restrictions set by those that make the rules. So at the same time, yes, we can get annoyed at what they do, but also if it was Arsenal doing it, we'd be arguing that we're staying within the confines of the rules at the same time. So it's a two-way street. Um Let's go scrolling down a little bit more. Uh, Lamin says, I think we need uh, to win an attack and get Kudus to keep the squad as it is. As I said before, I would like us to bring in a forward. Uh, Marcus says, did you reach the bar bill requirement at the show? Pennyween, Mike and Owen did their best bit. Don't know yet, actually. I haven't actually got the final numbers. Still waiting to find that out. Uh, Roger says, morning, Tom. We'll be okay. Hopefully, the lesser spotted Zinchenko comes back for a couple of games between injuries um i hope that zinchenko comes back when he's fully fit and ready that's ultimately what we're waiting for uh some breaking news for you on emmerich laporte uh, manchester city have accepted an offer from al nasser for laporte the 29 spain sent back into the final two years of his contract and thought to be open to the possibility man city are willing to sell with the saudi pro league club al nasser of course where man, uh, cristiano ronaldo plays pushing to get the deal done. Um, no word on a uh, kind of price tag at this stage regarding Laporte yet, but there's some breaking news for you on Laporte. Looks like he's moving uh, to Al Nasser potentially after City accepted a bid and have replaced him, of course, already with Joska Gvardio, uh, 29 years of age. So I'm not sure that he fit the, the profile that Arsenal were looking for in terms of age. So uh, it looks like Laporte is off to Al Nasser. Uh, let's go to uh, Tito. Says, I don't get it uh, that Arteta just doesn't like KT or what? Because Timber is injured and KT uh, is a good player. So why can't he use him? Uh, he could use him, but Tierney doesn't fit the style that Arteta likes in a left-sided fullback, sadly. That's just the situation that we find ourselves in. Tierney is a good player. Arteta has said as much as a good player. But if you don't have uh, the right shape for the right hole uh i think we've we've got to try and change that so many people have said for so long that we've tried to fit square pegs in round holes and i know that this is more of kind of a square with curved edges if you like as a left back trying to play left back but it's not the left back style um that arteta looks for and so ultimately arteta wants one that fits his philosophy of a defender and apparently Tierney is not that player. Uh, Luid uh, says, uh, Brooke Norton Cuffey is the most experienced of our youth fullbacks. He is, but he still is rather raw. I would put Rule Waters ahead of Brooke Norton Cuffey in the sense of who has the better chance of getting into the Arsenal senior squad. I think Rule Waters has got a better chance to Brooke Norton Cuffey at this moment in time. Uh, Amira says, does Timber's injury somewhat prove that many Arsenal fans have new toy syndrome or was he really that exceptional? Yes, he's been great, but the injury isn't catastrophic. We still have a squad of 20 plus. Uh, the, the injury is without a doubt catastrophic. Uh, it's a really, really, really damaging injury. And if the same thing happens to us last season it does, and, and happens to us this season um, with Saliba and Tommy Asu being out, we are in big trouble again uh, because of Timber's long-term injury. He is that good. He is exceptional. Um, 
it's not a case of new toy syndrome. The reason why we're not as worried about it is because he was playing at left back and we've got three other options, technically four with Tierney still being here. So that's the reason as to why we are. It's not maybe as catastrophic as it could have been, but it is still a catastrophic hit to Arsenal losing a player of that level. Uh, Olu says, hey, Tom, with De Bruyne out, how will you rate City's midfield? I think Newcastle's might be better and ahead of theirs. They, of course, have Rodri, who for me is the best number six in the world, um, the best defensive midfielder in the world. So uh, it can't be that bad. They then got, um, I suppose they can use Phil Foden in that left eight role. They brought in Mateo Kovacic as well. He's a very good player. And they look like they're going to be bringing in Lucas Paquetar and they can play Bernardo Silva at 10 as well, who is also another amazing player. So I don't think it's too bad, Olu, and I don't think Newcastle's is better, no. Uh, Daniel says, instead of playing an inverted fullback, if Zinchenko is still out, why not just commit fully to a 3-2-4-1 double pivot? White, Saliba and Gabriel in a back three with Partey and Rice in the double pivot in the midfield. And then you can go with, I don't know, Odegaard and... Havertz, uh, Saka and Martinelli and then the striker, I suppose, up top. Maybe it's an option in the back three, but I think we've got so many options to play left back and that system is becoming so established that we don't need to change things up too dramatically. But it's an option and it's certainly there. Uh, Carl says, come on, guys, let's stop crying about Chelsea's business and concentrate on Arsenal. Uh, Martin says, may I think our defence is still as reliable as a split. <laughs> Goodness me. It isn't about personnel. It's a style of play. We carry on gifting goals uh, we win nothing. Uh, I don't think that that's a fair comment at all. I mean, considering the fact that we have improved our defence significantly and we've got players as good as Gabriel Saliba, White, um, Zinchenko, Kivyorst in the team, Tomiyasu for depth as well. I don't think that's a fair simile. And how rude. <laughs> how incredibly rude, Martin. Uh, Lynn says, Tom, would you say that he was carrying this when he came to Arsenal and Saturday was the last straw. Um, no, I don't think so. ACLs are very unpredictable. They can happen in, in split moments. They can happen uh, just at a certain turn or twist of a knee. They are very, very spontaneous. Sure, maybe they can be weakened, I guess, in some ways, but I'd be very surprised if this was uh, anything other than a very spontaneous thing. So there you go. Um, Zeno says, Arteta makes the simple game look complicated. Why? Because he knows more about football than us, Zeno. That's that's the reason he knows more about football than we do. Uh, Marcus says, is Bailey available? Would add some height up front. He would indeed. Bailey would certainly add some verticality to Arsenal's team. But finishing ability, questionable. Questionable. Josh says, hey, Tom, when will the third kit be released? Don't know. It was delayed. So I don't actually know when they're releasing the third kit. Hopefully very soon. Uh, Cass says, with Jesus being injured, do you think for next season, Arteta will be looking to bring in a striker? I think next summer was always maybe somewhere and when we would look to bring in a top striker. This summer, not really. I think that we had uh, priorities elsewhere. But I think that a striker next summer certainly could be on the cards. I'd love us to look to bring in a really, really top striker. I'd love to see that happen next season. I think that's the way forwards. Uh, Nick says, blame the USA preseason pitches. If anyone can tell me how a pitch in the States can translate to an ACL happening, you know, weeks later, I'm all ears, but until someone can give me an explanation of how that happens or how they know that it's a contribution, I'd love to. Um, because as someone who has, you know, <laughs> done their ACL themselves, there's plenty of experience in that field and speaking to specialists uh, in, in that field, it's more to do, I think, with fatigue than anything else and to do with the number of games that play as a factor rather than the specific pitches that the players aren't playing on when they actually do the ACL. But if anyone has a reason or some, some kind of scientific explanation, 
um, let me know. Um, so, yeah, let's wait and see. Uh, Marcus says, under 100 likes and over 1,000 of you watching, that is not a good stat. We need to get our conversion rate up, people. So make sure if you haven't already hit the like button, you do so. Maya says, now I'm tempted to play Saka in the Zinchenko role with Smith-Rowe in the Xhaka role and Trossard up front. We're changing things dramatically when we don't necessarily need to. Um, so, yeah, let's wait and see. Uh, Court says, is it me or is Tom's camera a bit to the left? It is a bit, yeah. I was trying to show off the, the TGT logo, but I'm not doing a very good job. I suppose that's better. There we go. Um, Shane says, Tom, I just wish Emil Smith-Rowe, I assume that's who that is, uh, would get more game time. I think people seriously forget how good he was before he got injured. He scored roughly 11 goals in the first half uh, of a season before that injury. Um, he is very talented, but he has got to fight for his place back, and he hasn't so far been able to do that. So we have to see if he can indeed succeed in pushing to get back into the side. But I'm hopeful that we will see plenty of Smith-Rowe this season. We've got plenty of football to play. And so hopefully we will see Smith-Rowe back in the side very, very soon. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. I hope that you've had a fantastic morning. I hope that you had a great day. And uh, I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning with further updates surrounding the club. I'll also be back on the Arsenal way uh, in just under an hour and a half's time. Have a brilliant day. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, and most importantly, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.